Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Why are you talking to yourself? <laughs> Just pumping myself up prior to the show, bro. Why is that? Got to motivate. So let's start right out. Let's cut right to the chase. Oh, no. Um, why was your weekend so bad? Just work. It was just... But isn't work fun? For, why isn't work fun? I, I had a, a, a conversation with Allison from the Levitard show at 6.30 this morning. But five every every morning, every morning, pretty much without fail, uh-huh. particularly in a work week. And, uh, uh, you know, I have to meditate. I have to have my coffee. I spend some time with my dogs. I start a fire in the winter every morning. My wife's coffee is set up and ready for her when she walks down. And then I have some quiet time with my wife before the kids get up. Um, and so I, I start getting these text messages from Allison over at the Levitard show. And, uh, you know, just uh, what are we going to do this week and how are we going to handle this with Alec and Levitard and blah, blah, and all this. And I thought it just, it interfered with my space. You know what I mean? Like I, it was, it was too early to deal with that. What do you mean? What are we going to do? We won. We beat Colin Coward again. And so Alec moves on to the next round of Alec picking the games with the Nostra Daniel and blah, blah. And we have fun with it and figure it out. And does Dan want to show up this time? So the, I, I dealt with a, what, what was going on in your weekend? What was so stressful? What I about just, work? I just have underlings and. Trying to keep them corralled is, you know, it's a, it's a, well, someone doesn't show up on time for work. And Who didn't show up? Come on, throw, throw them under the bus. Let's have fun. No, someone didn't show up on time for work, and when a game is supposed to start and it doesn't go on the air, it's... And why, why can't we name the person? Come on, do it, do it. I no one knows who he is. Oh, okay. So if I say his name, nobody's going to even know who the hell he is. So Jerk didn't show up. Yeah. yeah. Jerk didn't show up. So that happens, and then no, no other they... people not pay, staying in their lane... No. In the office and getting in my business and yada yada yada. Ah, uh-huh. she so had some crossover stuff going. Yeah, on? yeah. So it's it was a long weekend. How come we're not going to get into it? How come we're not going to talk about it? like who's who's who would dare step in Paulie Sibelia? He's an honorary Baldwin brother for God's sake. Who would dare not realize the hierarchy, the the totem pole? Boom. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, can we talk about? Stay it? out of the. Little Josh cellar. knows this story. I, oh, I, somebody on. sent an email about Paulie. And then carbon copies the the owner, the great one. You don't do that. You don't CC the so, owner. Somebody CC. Somebody had the a problem with something Polly did, which Wick is debatable. And it has to be a department head kind of person then, because that that wouldn't have any weight. But kind they of. Sent so, an somebody, email. so somebody bigger. But they sent an email. That it's a it's the, a Mimi level person. No, no, no. a little bit lower. Yeah. So. They sent an email that if they had just asked me a question or discussed it with me, I would have either said, yeah, that's okay, or no. But they no. tattled the daddy. Yeah. They had to go tell dad. But obviously, they were looking for a reaction from Ed. If they, I mean, you know, to, to your guys, I don't have the same relationship. I, I, I text Ed and, hey, can you give me a hand with blah, 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 or whatever. I'm, I, but I don't have, I, I'm, prob- I'm probably stupid. I don't realize they, not the to do The email it. said, Polly did something that made me uncomfortable. <gasps> And it was, Is it a chick? It, no. And it was wow. nothing that should ever make anybody uncomfortable. It was something that they heard on the radio and yada, yada. You said something on No, the radio? it was just imaging I made made them uncomfortable. 
Wow. Uh, come on. Who is it? What happened? <laughs> no, it's just, it's a long story. Wow. You guys just it's, don't it's radio. You don't to, no, it's inside radio fair. stuff. You don't know how to play. It's garbage. So what? We created. We make it bigger than it was. Let's get this person in here and debate it right now. That's how this works. That's what makes it good. That's I what... I said the AM radio dial sounds bad compared to the FM dial and the imaging, and which is a factual statement, I would think. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so. doesn't every AM station not sound as good as yes, that? I mean, yeah. that's kind of a given. That's why no? we invented FM radio, right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> sound better to put it in stereo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, yeah, yeah, don't right. get me going. Come on, who, right. did it? who did it? Who did it? No, it's names, nobody. Names. Anybody would know. Yeah, uh, you don't even I don't want to know. He's not even in this building. He's in another building. Is he Utica guy? Yeah. I hate Utica now. Oh, can I say that? No, can I say I hate no. All those I wanted people? to dump people. Yeah. People get fired no. over that. Yeah, no. go ahead, and fire me. So no, no, no. I don't hate the people that are listening to Utica, but the guys that if they're gonna make if they're gonna draw a line in the sand, I'm gonna have to separate. Cause a little trauma. Oh yeah, let's stir it up. Come on, let's stir it up for God's sake. How was sake. Uh, the the Q's game Friday night? I saw you were sitting with the winners, Tim and Danielle. Thank what you. a great. <laughs> couple i told you they were a great hang so fun robin's in there going mm-hmm. already reading her and telling mm-hmm. her what she's got to do and yeah, great he's hang. just a regular cat huh he's just a bro robin telling her she's gonna die when <laughs> five years <laughs> Robin, if you don't change this mm-hmm. he's dead you know yeah all of it yeah yeah she went into all day they were inseparable you know i didn't get a word in edgewise and talk to her but he and I hung out. What a nice guy. And, you know, there was a funny moment. Tim's a really good dude. Mm-hmm. Tim's a great guy. So there's a funny moment when, you know, I knew I had to pop in on the great one, and I knew I had to pop in um, uh, on Louis Santoro and his box. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said to him, hey, man. So I, I waited till it was halftime, and I said, hey, I'm going to run up and see. Plus, Robin thinks she left her hat. And blah. And he just saw his look on his face like... All right, bro. It was nice to meet you. <laughs> like he thought I was yeah. definitely going to stiff him. I ain't going to see you again. And, and 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 no, we actually went and got him popcorn and pretzels and drinks and blah blah. And we came back to him That's for the nice. third quarter and we hung out. Yeah, we gave him our number and told him to come over. And really good people. Oh wow! Yeah. How was the uh, vibe in the dome that night? Watching it on TV was awesome. You know, it was, was awesome. it was electric. Don't we have Wild Hack on this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, down in New York. He'll... Well, he's got to come on the show down there, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, for I, I, sure. I've already reached out. And my good friend John Wildeck. <sighs> coming over for dinner next week. <sighs> Is he coming out to the house? Johnny's got to come out. Name dropping. Yeah, I am. Are you kidding me? I'm working hard. I still. Oh, you know what I got that was cool? So, because of where the seats were, um, Coach Babers, after halftime, is walking by and he's like just on the sideline. There's a. The, kid, the kids are out of the way a little bit. And I'm greasing Syracuse University. I've got. The, the Michigan kid Hudson sitting behind me. His mom recognizes me, and she goes into you know. I, I think that's Daniel Baldwin. So I took it him and, I, and I'm looking at him and I handed him a pen. I said, "You want to sign now? You can sign now." And so he's laughing. I mm-hmm. go, "And what a, what a showing for us!" I go, "That's going to be you out there, big dog. You're going to be driving the car. You'll be the guy in the ACC. Put you poise you for a positioning, you know, to uh, um, to be drafted into the NFL." I said, you know, and that, and that's coming from a guy who's a 30-year friend of Jim Harbaugh's. I go, so I'm sure that's a – but we had him. We had this other kid that was a, a running back that's that's eligible next season. Um, and I said, you know, you two I, – I looked at him. I said, you should be buying the big guy something to eat. I said, because he's going to be blowing holes out for you to run and look good when you win your Heisman Trophy here. I said, and he's not going to get any credit. I said, you should be treating 
And so they're laughing him. We had some nice interaction. He's a big kid, Hudson. Three, six, five, 305. Big boy. We need guys like that, man. We need some hogs. We definitely need some hogs. The game was great. Uh, we crushed Josh. I, I told any listener that I'd give him 26. I, I would have gone to 30. Uh, and uh, and we crushed him. So where are we going? Where are we going out? Let's go to the Wildcat. Let's do some calzones, some wings. No, what do you like? No, you can't go, go somewhere that pays... This is the one Look time you can't go somewhere He's trying to get out of Texas State Brazil. No, you can't go somewhere where we're advertising because there's always they're going to slide it for free. You know, Look he's going to he's going to he's so sleazy. We're going. It's like, our standard. We're saying? going. To, it's yeah. our standard. We're going to Texas State Brazil. I don't know Brazil, if we no? can do that to him. He's got oh, two kids. <laughs> he's got two so kids. does Daniel. This guy, Daniel's got more than two. This guy has money hidden all over the place. He can, He's got connections. But he we, walks into Texas Brazil. You can't do an advertiser though, because I know what Josh is up to. He knows that we go in there with you. They'll 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 comp it on us. So big Dan over there. Yeah, you can't go to an big advertiser. Big Dan over at the Wildcat. You got moved. <laughs> you got you, you Big Dan. I'll talk ah! about, yeah, he does that. I'll talk about you on the show tomorrow. Little glad <laughs> hand, little glad hand, a big Dan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan yeah, yeah. over at the Wildcat. I wasn't thinking chicken wings, babe. I was thinking fillets and. It's a lunch. You don't get fillets for lunch. The hot spot is really good. I'll take you up to the hot spot. You been there? What's that? Right it's up, up the street, street here. It's really good. It's really good. I want to go Chinese. Yeah. Let's go Chinese. He'll take us to the buffet for six ninety nine. Let's go Ch- Empire Buffet, buddy. High five. Empire uh, uh, Panda West. You ever go there? No. Oh, you love it. It's the old school white, you know, tablecloth like New York City. It's Where right, is it? It's right on Marshall Street, by uh, um, you know that stretch of all the SU stores and all that stuff, and Michaels and uh, Panda West, baby. It's you a buffet. No. No, you're paying, but it's not, but it's not really that expensive. So Syracuse moved up in the polls. They moved 12, up no. one. They moved up one. They're number twelve. I I knew as I sit with sat with Forrest, I said, "There's a couple of games on here that are really su- suspect." I go, "That Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. If you don't think Oklahoma State even in a bad year is going to play them hard, they are. That's the in-state rivalry. That game was a one-point game. Oklahoma's so lucky they won because State went for a two-point conversion." Um, so there's one game, and Kentucky. I said, "No, watch Tennessee knock them off," and they did. So um, yeah, we're, we're up one. Let's and, take uh, a quick break because we got a big guest coming on at the quarter hour. Our oh, new segment. We got the ton coming. In. You want to break now? Yeah, we got to break now so a ton can be on at uh, eleven fifteen. You can or also ten, 10 fifteen, whatever the hell yeah, time hello. is. How are you? So uh, no, I want to make sure that I go over my notes. We got. Um, we're going to talk with Tom. We're going to play so what with Eton Thomas. Um, ten years in the NBA or eleven, I think. Uh, a star at Syracuse University still has records for block shots. Is that correct? Yes, leader, all-time leader in block shots. All-time leader in block shots. There's a lot of guys in there that could have blocked some shots too. So that's a that's a a pretty big statistic to have the all-time record in. Um, Tom's going to come on, and we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to play some so what. Break them in slow. We still got to come up with a name for the segment. Talking Tom, you know, so we got to yeah. do something. We're going to come. On. We're going to talk to him about what he wants to call the segment. Uh, but the idea. The idea that we had was that we're going to take um, topical stuff that's been talked about on ESPN, and we're going to expand that and get a little deeper and get a little uh, um, le- less uh, corporate with it. You know, we're going to we're going to take some chances. So let's go to break. We'll come back and play so what with Etan Thomas. I'm so excited. It's time for. I, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't. Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. And welcome back and to the show. Daniel on Bond the line the show. with a new segment for the show. 
the fabulous, the incomparable, Eton Thomas. Tanish, were you there? Yes, how are you doing? I'm blessed by the Lord every day, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm blessed too. Cool. Well, we're going to go right into it. We're going we're gonna, to... Uh, uh, we're going to go into the deep water. We play this game. We'll lay it out really quick for you. I know you you understand this already, but it's called So What? So Josh reads uh, something that's topical that's going on right now in sports or sometimes not even in sports. And you can say So What? Like, I don't even care. But if you don't say So What? We want you to explain why it's not a So What? And we take turns going around the board. Josh, what do we got? Following their loss to Syracuse Friday, Louisville has fired their football coach, Bobby Petrino. Mm, so what? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, baby. Welcome to the show. Cardinals I, have know, lost seven games in a row. They are two and eight right now. You know, Brent Dax wrote something out. He tweeted something out about this. And uh, and all I'll say to it is, you know, I don't think it, it really has to do so much with the fact that his record is bad because Louisville just doesn't have the talent. It's it's the fashion that he's lost in. He's an unlikable guy. They. And I know there's ties to Syracuse, but with Patino, they had the two most unlikable coaches in basketball at one point, or basketball and football at one point with Patino and Patrino. And you just got to get guys in there that are going to toe the line and it, it be good people. And you know, is Patrino a guy you want? If Patrino showed up to your your house and you got a kid, and he's already been fired from one job for having his Sex with a secretary and crash in a motorcycle. Do you do you really want your kid going to that school? Well, here, here, here's the thing: um, people excuse things when you win. So if you're going to be a terrible person and lose, then you're not going to really have much of a chance. Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, listen, um, Bobby Knight was not a really nice guy. I knew Bobby. Not at all. And you know what, though? He could have been governor of Indiana if he wanted to at any time, you know, because he won. You know, because he won. And, and, and for sure. But but the, the part that I was going to get allude to is it's not just that he lost. It's that he lost, you know, four games by 35, three games by 40, and two by over 50. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, it's the fashion in which he lost. He got slaughtered. They weren't even in these games. And, and I think that's a big reason why, too. You know, they, they just, they're, they're off the map now. What else you got, Josh? The Philadelphia 76ers have struck a blockbuster deal with the Timberwolves to trade for Jimmy Butler. You're not going to try and say the names of the players that got traded from Philadelphia? No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is great. You know what I mean? It was great for Philly. And it might be great for both sides because Jimmy Butler obviously wanted to leave uh, Minnesota. I think, I honestly think that they could have been great there. You know, I think they could have worked it out, but he obviously wanted to leave, so they got rid of him. But for, as far as Philly, they needed some type of veteran leadership. Um, Jimmy Butler is a high-quality player. You know what I mean? I don't know about Max or Super Max, but he's definitely high quality. And to be able to add them to the two young players that they that they have with the core that they already have, he's going to definitely help. So I think this is a big one for Philly. Well, a couple of points that came out here. So yeah, it really doesn't answer Philadelphia's problem of not being able to shoot well because, I mean, it's not like he's a notorious great shooter, number one. And number two, what I really loved about having the opportunity to have somebody as knowledgeable and experienced as you on the show is – I like to ask the, the obvious question to me is, what's that like, Ton? What's that like to be in the locker room, on the sideline, and on the court with somebody who's not happy? Well, it depends on how they handle it. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler obviously was very outwardly not happy. 
Um, you heard all the different reports that we can go down the list as far as with the GM saying he doesn't want to play it back to backs. He, you know, doesn't like Cat, who is you know main player on the team. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why you know I could understand why they just kind of gave up and said, okay, it's time to let him go. But he's a special player. And even though that you said that they don't have the shooting, they still have J.J. Redick, and he's a scorer, but he's a player that you could throw it into that can calm when things don't go right. One of the things that happens with Philly is they have, they have talent, they have talent, but sometimes they just don't run the play right. They're just unforced errors. They just kind of throw the ball away. You know what I mean? And Jimmy Butler is the way somebody that you could throw it to and have them kind of calm everybody down when things get tight so they can finally beat the Boston Celtics. Hmm. The, other, the other thing that the Sixers do have going for them is they've got one more chip that they can trade away in Markel Fultz if they're ready to give up on him oh. and get and get get a shooter. I don't think they should, should give up on him. Maybe it's just because I've seen him here in the DMV and I know what he can do and I think it's kind of early. And sometimes when you give up on somebody early and they blow up someplace else, it just you know you just regret it. But I think Markel Fultz is going to be fine. But. It, He's not somebody that's just, that's just instantly going to be the star that they wanted him to be at the first pick. So, Do you think there's enough room for him there with Simmons and him? I think there is because he does what Simmons doesn't do well, which is shoot. I mean, yeah, he's not shooting well, but we know that he can shoot. We know that Simmons cannot shoot right now, but he can do everything else very well. I think Simmons could get a triple-double if he wanted to. Honestly, I think he's somebody that can average a triple-double. So he's a special player, but he can't shoot right now. You know what I mean? So Marco Mar- Mar- Foles could be that, that guard coming in, you know, to be able to knock down the open shot, and that's definitely what they need. It's just a matter of if he does it or not. Chicago Bears finished 34-22 over the Detroit Lions on Sunday, despite kicker Cody Parkey hitting the uprights four times during the game. That's harder to do wow. than that's harder to do than making four field yeah. goals. <laughs> yeah, what are the I mean, has that ever been done? So what? <laughs> so what? Yeah, he had, to, he had four times. So four times. Did any of them go in after hitting? I didn't watch. No. no. Four no. times he was closer than Scott Norwood. <laughs> wow. All right. Then finally, the number of Americans who smoke cigarettes has hit an all-time low, according to the CDC. An all-time low. All-time low. Around fourteen percent of adults now smoke, as opposed to sixty-seven in nineteen sixty-five. Wow, that's that's interesting. You know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know how to respond to that. Do you, they're too you know busy. Their, yeah, they're too busy on their phones. No, it's, it's amazing. In truth, I say this all the time. In 2018, I'll, especially in Syracuse, you'll walk outside. It's 40 below zero, and there's some guy smoking a cigarette still, and you're like, "What do you do?" Oh, but <laughs> like, I used to like, see that all the time. What are you doing? <laughs> Like, all the time I would see that, though, and I would wonder why is it that serious to smoke a cigarette? And obviously it is, you know what I mean? But, you yeah. know, it's funny because you see the different commercials and the truth commercials, and they've been running pretty much since I was young. And that has, if that doesn't deter anybody from smoking, I would have to attribute it to something, someplace else as to why the percentage is obviously lower. God, I want a cigarette right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to burn one right here in the studio. I used to smoke two packs a day. Oh. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how'd you quit? Did you start when you were like five and it stunted turkey. your growth? I, I, I quit cold turkey, and uh, the, this is a name that only a ton will know, but Todd Blumen and I used to go out and smoke cigarettes. Is that right, After we'd get off the bus on the road trips, and now... And now I quit. It is, Did you have uh, to do like the patch or the gum or anything no, like I that? No, I quit drinking and smoking cold turkey on the same day. Wow. You need you to write a book. Have, <laughs> yeah, you must have really done something bad that weekend, though, for you to be that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there had, what did I miss? 
What did he do? No, I. He woke up next I, to a girl I, who he didn't know who she was. No, and, see, oh. and, then, that, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> but at 38 years old back then, it was like it was time to grow up. Like, right? I th- I think what really it, I think we're missing a piece of the story. Well, something, it, something. Are it, you sure he didn't wake up next to a girl who was really a guy? No, I, I no, wish. The, fun, the funniest part about it was she was tapping me on the shoulder, saying, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> Sir, so she had no idea who I was either. Wow. And it wasn't a coyote. You shouldn't have just chewed your arm off together. No, and we didn't know. At least I wasn't driving. We didn't know where my car was or how we got to my house. So it's just time to grow up. Wow. That'll do it. Yeah, man, that, that's a, that's an, an eye-opening experience. It's an um, after-school special all of a sudden in here. <laughs> totally. You got more? No, that's it. You want to take a break, it? come back, and talk to Eton about uh, one Carmelo Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, let's go. Let's go to break. We'll talk. We, listen, we got to talk opening the segment. What are we calling this? We got we to call our segment something. So we go to, from so what into... Ton time, you know, or whatever, you know, we got to come up with it. So we're going to talk about that in the beginning, and then we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony and the news that's rocking the league. We'll be right back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back, and on the line, professional basketball player and our friend with a new segment on the show, Eton Thomas. Ton, you give me any thought about what you want to call your own segment? I don't know. We're going to have to figure something out. Oh. Uh... Maybe we'll put it out there on social media and get some suggestions and we'll come up with something. Sounds good. Uh, all right. So, and the news, you know, close to home college-wise, I mean, you played and were a star player, you know, still one of the biggest categories of all time for a big man, still the all-time record at Syracuse University for block shots. You you own that record. Uh, and, and Carmelo, the news comes out that uh, he, he's kind of the fall guy right now for the uh, lack of success, at least that's my take on it, the right. lack of success in Houston. What's your feeling on this whole thing right now? Oh, I have a lot of feelings. I mean, you know, he's not the reason why they're, what, 4-7. and seven. Um, He's not to blame for that. I mean, there's a lot of different things. It's interesting because you see all the different um, players who are responding to it. Um, you saw Dwayne Wade, who, who tweeted out that his support for Carmelo and that they was trying to make him the fall guy. Um, but it, it, it's interesting because you know he he everybody that has watched Carmelo and seen how he plays knows what his strengths are. Um, he plays bully ball. You know his post game and his mid range; those are his strengths. So just wanting him to just shoot threes all night. You know what I mean? It's kind of asinine, to be honest with you. Part of being a good coach is learning to adapt to your personnel and being willing to tweak your coaching philosophy so everyone can thrive and you can be successful. You know, it's kind of like when Phil Jackson was trying to get J.R. Smith and them to run the triangle offense, and it looked horrible. And it's like, dog, the triangle offense isn't right for them. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. So you got to tweak it a little bit. And, it, you know, but just to put the whole blame on Carmelo, I think, I, I, you know, that's just not right. I mean, he played 20 minutes a game. He took a reduced role, everything like that. So to point to him and say it's all his fault, I mean, I, I think that's just irresponsible. They they lost two glue guys, too, from last year's team, right? Like, you know, they brought Carmelo in to fill two guys' spots. And right. The, 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 it's not the names that they had on the team last year. You know, they kept the names, but they lost the guys that were actually the reason they won. Well, Steven, we have the Steven Jackson clip. Let's play this clip. Take a listen to this, Etan, and tell us what you think, because I agree with what, what Steven's about to say. So people are like, nah, Jack, Melo washed up, Melo done. Bro, if you know anything about basketball, and if you look at all these players in the league right now, 
You can't tell me Melo ain't better than 50 players in the league. You can't tell me Melo ain't better than 100 players in the league. Look at the players in the league before you reply. And don't make your opinion on your emotions. I agree with him. I do. No doubt. I agree with him. And, and you know, it's interesting to see uh, with with the diminished role, um, which which comes with age and time, and, and, and I think uh, he still starts – you know, on several teams, um, you know, in, in the league right now, even with what he's some of his limitations. But I do look at w- whether or not there's going to be room or whatever, and does he go to the Lakers? You know, so I'm wondering if they're going to if they're going to get because because it sounds to me like he's going to leave. I mean, um, you know, he, he first of all, first of all, he's still uh, able to score the ball. You know, he he had there was a two game span where he had like forty five points. You know what I mean? He they and they won the two games. He played absolutely well. So this, I, I want to keep reiterating: this is not Melo's fault, right? This is an organization that took team chemistry and the importance of defensive minded role players for granted. That's what they did. You know, when it, it started back even before when they got rid of Patrick Beverly. You know, I thought Patrick Beverly was a great role player for what he did for that perimeter defense. They needed him, and I knew that that was going to come back to haunt them. You know, Trevor Reza for what he did on the wing. You know, I mean, they, they – and this goes back to D'Antoni. You know what I mean? And D'Antoni historically has not valued defense. You know what I mean? He gets all of these, these passes, even going back to Phoenix, you know, when they had this special team. And, you know, the saying that offense wins games and defense wins championships? You know, that's why he ain't got no championships. He never stresses defense. And and it's like he just thinks he's going to outscore people. And defense is just, you know, kind of thrown out the wind. And that just doesn't work. That doesn't work in, in basketball. You have to have an unbelievably – you have to have like a Golden State Warriors type of offensive explosion, you know, capability every night in order to be able to get away with that. And Golden State still, you know, try, attempts to play defense. Anybody watching Houston can see them. They do not play defense. And I take that back to D'Antoni. If they do get rid of them – does a contender take, pick up Carmelo? You think is even after his last two stops and the reputation he's got now? Do you think a contender takes him? And that's the thing. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with his reputation. I don't think he's done anything wrong. I thought he did everything right in Oklahoma City. It just wasn't the right you know format for him. It wasn't the right team for him. Just the same way it wasn't right for Oladipo. You know what I mean? Oladipo goes to another team in a different system and he thrives. I mean, I, I don't think it, there's anything that Oladipo did wrong. I don't think there's anything that Melo did wrong. I think he should go to a contender. There's a lot of places that he can actually be inserted in and play very well. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything to blame with him. And I hate when that happens, when, it, when a situation doesn't work out. And then they start kind of wondering if it's the player's fault. You know, nobody said he's a bad locker room guy or he made any type of demands or, you know, I mean, was a, was a, was a cancer on a team. Like, you hear that with some guys, but Melo is not that person. So Melo shouldn't be kind of kind of branded with that, you know, type of a label just because it didn't work out in his last two, two places. Well, you know, you know, you look at guys, um, you know, and in, in, even in other sports, he's certainly not, in my opinion, and, I, and I've met Carmelo many times, He's not Le'Veon Bell right now, and I don't want him to be hung out to be the Le'Veon Bell right now either, you know. So, but I think sometimes people, you know, when you're a kid from New York and you played at SU and you end up on the Knicks and you've got an opinion about things and you're a fierce competitor, that can be taken the wrong way by people sometimes. And I think that's part of what's happened to Carmelo. 
you know, when it, it had to be frustrating. I still can't understand it as a New York Knicks fan since I'm a small child. The one time Willis Reed came with the limp cobbling out the floor is the last time we won a championship. How do you explain that mm-hmm. when you're a New York Knicks fan? So I think Carmelo has that a little bit of that chip on his shoulder, but it's just because he's a competitor. If if he's to go, if you're to look at the the teams, you know, the top six to eight teams. Where is the best fit for him then, Natan? Where, where would where would you see him going that he would complement and flourish and help a team win a championship? Well, let's see. It's not like Philly needs. I mean, um, Golden State needs any more scores. Uh, they're pretty much loaded with scores. Um, well, you'd have to see. You know, I, I think he could. He could. Let's see. I mean, he could come back to the East. I mean, the, the the thing about the West is they have a lot of scores. I mean, I, even though the Lakers are not a, a you know a top team at all, but I think he could definitely do well with the Lakers. And you mentioned them before. Um, I think he could do well in Miami. You know, I don't know if they're a top team, but he could do do well in Miami. I mean, but there's that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of situations you could plug him to him into. Um, it just, but there's there's a lot of history. Like I like I, I want to go back to the, to the Houston thing because you know, like I said, I don't. He's going to start getting Brandon. You hear, like you even just said it just now, that um, with his last two stops, is it going to be difficult for him? You know, but and that's just it's just unfair for him. But that's just what's going to happen. But like. Okay, so when he first went to Houston, I kind of had a had a had a thought that this might not work out because I remember when he was with D'Antoni in New York, and if people you know kind of just refresh everybody's memory, D'Antoni quit on the Knicks. He quit on that Knicks team, and then he kind of pointed to Melo as being one of the reasons why he quit. Now I've never really heard of a coach quit. You know what I mean? Before and he got picked up like it was nothing, and there's nobody that brings that up and says, "Well, wait a minute, this coach quit on a team. Do we want to hire him again because he might quit on the next team?" It's like it's just wiped out of existence, you know. But I, and I just I just don't think that that's fair, you know, because Carmelo has been um, uh, the the perfect locker room guy. Even when Phil Jackson was trying to almost bait him into saying something, he didn't take the bait. You know, I mean, he's done everything the right way. You know, in Oklahoma City, you know, he wasn't involved in the offense. He was kind of off to the side. You know, Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder play a certain way, and that's the way that they play. And, you know, he didn't complain publicly. He didn't, you know, throw a tantrum. He didn't do anything. He just kept playing, and, and, and whatever minutes that he, that he was given, he played hard those minutes. You know, I mean, and, and I think he's done everything right. So I don't think he should get that negative brand. Here's my hot take. You ready? You ready, where I, th- ready where I think he goes? So a lot of people, when they talk about it, it, it would be far easier for him to go to a contender in the East and and end up going to the championship. Let's face it, the, the, the West is so deep in talent. For what he does and the fact that everyone forgets that the Indiana Pacers took Cleveland to Game 7 last year, with the, pretty much with the squad they have now. I'm on the phone with Kevin Pritchard after this because I'm going to talk to Kevin, who's an old friend of mine. But Kevin and Larry, and they turn around and they sign Mello, bring him into Indiana where they'll love him right away. They really respect their basketball. And I think he contributes to that program, and that could be the addition that Indiana needs to get over the hump to beat Boston this year. I agree with that. I think it also, he could also do well in Toronto. He could do well in Toronto, but that's with uh, will him and Kawhi play well together? I don't see why not. I mean, any more than him and Oladipo would play well together. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to. What, what is your hesitation? I, I, you know, I think a big reason why too. I mean, and this is some of it is 
you know, no names involved, but insider kind of stuff, that Kawhi did really want to go back to L.A., but he just did not want to be second or third fiddle behind somebody else on the Lakers. He was more likely to go to the Clippers. And so somebody he, else on the Lakers. Right, right, right. I like how you said that. Yeah, right, you, like, you like that? Um, so, so, so he ends up there as a, as you know, uh, a rental piece because he's gone out of Toronto after after next year, is my opinion. And you think for sure, even if they make it to the finals, I don't think I don't think Toronto has the horses yet, even with them. But to make if it to the they finals. do make it to the finals, do you think they? He's got to stay. He's got to stay if they make the finals. Did, That's did, his team. Did 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 the. Did he stay in Cleveland? No. Yeah. So there, listen, well, the game has changed. Won, the game has clearly changed. So he, I think, I, I believe that the the factors that you don't know about a player. You know, I remember when I was on Best Damn Sports Show period, and the Cubs offered Rafael Palmero, mm-hmm. you know, a huge contract in like his last three years, and they had Sammy Sosa. He could have been the offensive weapon, a 500 home run hitter, and 3,000 base hits you know, in his career. And and they turned around and they said to me, is Palmero going to take the deal? And I went, no way. There's no way he pulls his kids out of high school. There's no way his wife is going to want him to go. He's a Texas kid. He's not going anywhere. It's never going to happen. And they all laughed at me. And sure enough, Palmero didn't go for personal reasons. I think Kawhi wants to go play in front of his family. I think he's a West Coast guy. I think he wants to, And you know what? I would be shocked if he doesn't play for the Clippers next year. Okay, let me ask you this. Paul George. They said that he was all but gone. There's no way he was going to come back to play with the Thunder. Right. No way possible. Right. They didn't even make they, – they, they didn't – they pretty much underachieved. But a lot can happen in a year. You're right. And, you know, if Paul George could turn down going to L.A., I think Kawhi can too. I think when they put that money in front of you too, your, your attitude changes pretty quickly. Just remember too, though, that you're, you're, you're also living in, in Canada and you're not even in your own home country. And there is a difference. I've owned a home up there. I've made several movies up there. There's a tax structure that's very different. There's all kinds of stuff to take into consideration. Hmm. All right. Before we let you go, Atan, here, uh, Syracuse playing in the garden. What's that like as a, as a college player when you get, you get to step on the floor in the garden there? It's absolutely amazing. I mean, and, you know, I grew up a Knicks fan, so it was just amazing, you know, walking around the garden. You know, I'm peeking into the Knicks locker room and seeing Patrick Ewing's, uh, you know what I mean, locker and everything like that. And just the, the, the garden is the mecca. That's the mecca of basketball, and it's just something special. I mean, it, yeah, it's old, and you walk through the thing, and it smells like elephants, and you know what I mean, all this stuff, but <laughs> it's just something special about playing in the garden. So playing there for the Big East tournament, it was, like, great. And don't get me started on I'm still kind of salty, you know, well, well, very salty that we're not in the Big East anymore, but that's that's for a whole other discussion. But for them playing uh, UConn, an old Big East rival, and, of course, it's not the UConn of the, of, of the, of the past years, but it's always special. It's like when Syracuse plays Georgetown. It's, no matter how much Georgetown sucks, it's always going to be a special game. Yeah, man, those rivals. And people don't realize, too, that you know when, when it was the Big East, hey, it was no easy game to go into Seton Hall or to go into Providence or go up and play in that little bandbox they call Boston College. And you know, I mean, I mean, playing in that gym, those fans were on the court at Boston oh. College, and and they and, and people don't really understand that unless they're a Big East fan. You know, I, I I'll close with this with you because because there was you know all about Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, and I said, listen. Back in the day when I was a big basketball fan, when I came up through college, I graduated from from college in 83. I said, if you came in and and a guy was lighting you up from the outside, you put your chest on him from two steps beyond three-point range. And and if he was that quick and came around you, 
they collapsed on him and dropped him to the floor. So, the, you know, when you went against Oakley and Mason and when you came up against the bad boys in Detroit, the game has changed so much now, and you're not allowed to have that kind of contact, that Big East basketball. I miss that mentality, man. I miss that game. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it was I – mean, listen, my freshman year uh, when coming up to Syracuse, I was playing against Jahadi White at, at, at Georgetown, Jason Lawson at Villanova, Donye Abrams, you know what I mean? Even even a Colgate had a Donald Foyle. These are all physical players. A, each game was like a war. That's what made me know that, okay, I got to get in the weight room. This is not going to work. You know what I mean? I got to get ready because I was playing with Otis Hill, at, at, and he was the big man, and he really took me under his wing and said, listen, this is a physical league. Like, you got to be ready to go to war every single game. And that's what I loved about the Big East. And, it's, you know, basketball is just different now. You know, I I watch the professionals sometimes, and I see guys flopping, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he barely touched you. You know what I mean? It's just completely different. But the Big East era, you know, it's something that's special. Bring it back, Eton. Hey, brother, thank you so much for doing the show. We'll talk to you next Monday, and God bless you. All right, bless you too. Thanks again. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. (laughs) And now. You're trying to... You're trying to get Dead Air Boudicca to run the board? Are you crazy? Yeah, so, so can we go over that? First of all, we're in New, we're in New York. We're in Dead New York. Air Boudicca. We're in New York Thursday and Friday uh, doing the show uh, from the uh, Marriott on 48th and Lex uh, because Syracuse is down there playing ball, playing basketball. And football. Crazy. And football on Saturday um, against Notre Dame, which I smell the upset. Before you get going, uh, here's the whole lineup. We will have uh, Daniel Baldwin, Danny Shays, and myself will be at the Eastside Marriott doing the show from 10 to noon, Thursday and Friday. Uh, Orange Nation will be live from uh, Midtown following that. And uh, we will have our pre- and post-game shows for basketball and football live from Madison Square Garden and Yankee Stadium, respectively. So, big weekend and week in New York City for us. So am I right that uh, the Levitard show is now polling? Um, They're booting you, bro. Yeah, they want you off. Yeah, they do. Should we be done with the Baldwins, even though they beat Colin Coward last week? Um, I voted yes. <laughs> I voted yes. Um, I voted yes. I'm this should vote. be a you can't fire me because I quit situation where you call them and you quit their show. You should say yeah. I'm not coming back on your show. You should you should scoop them. No, no you, here's you, what you should you, do. You should no, tell no, them you're no, going to no, come no, on. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't. So, so <laughs> let me just tell you that's a private thing to talk about, and not to put it on the air right now. So I voted yes. You should be done with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the the fact of the matter is, um, we didn't make the rules of the game. This was this was. They knew that I was coming on with my sister. They knew I was coming on with my other sister. They knew that. Billy was picking for Steven. They've, they've known ahead of time every single thing. And that's the comments. They're saying rules are rules. Right. So we won. We beat Colin. And the whole, the ironic, the greatest ironic thing about this is what this really boils down to is Levitard's a baby and his ego is bigger than his own show and he won't do what's best for his own show. I don't care if we go on his show again, but we've had fun with it. We definitely have had fun with it. But he turned around and he, um, he put it to a poll of whether or not Alec should be on or should he not have Alec on if, if that means he can't go on. And his own audience voted resoundingly to have Alec on without him on. It was his choice. It's his his show. He could have said, 
no, I'm doing my own show. But he didn't want He thought this was a funny play on things. And I said to him, I don't think it's funny. I don't think you should walk out on best being on the show. The whole play was to get it to Alec. Now that it's at Alec, you're polling, should we have Alec off? I mean, that, that's like the... Yeah, the one Baldwin you actually want on. The one he wanted on, the one that he's a fan <laughs> of, the one that he knew, the one blah, blah, blah. Now Alec's on, and he wins, and he's going to... So, you know what? Whatever, man. Do do whatever you're going to do. You know, if, if that's how... But that's the baby I'm going to take my ball and go home mentality that this guy has. I think that, uh, as a Baldwin brother, if they kick you off, we are revoking Stugat's brotherhood. Ooh. I don't think it's. Here's what happened. It doesn't matter. Here's what he's here, part here's, of that here's team. What, here's what happened. He's not in studio Friday, so they came to me already and said, "Yeah, where are we going? What should we do about Dan?" But and instead of just telling me he's not there, so we need to figure out how to get Dan back on with Alec. And you know, well, part of that is if he doesn't say stupid crap when he's on the radio with Alec, it would help. You know, but he learned his lesson. I I hope he learned his lesson in that if you think you and you're writing for the Miami Herald and you think your career on ESPN radio is bigger and more famous than my brother Alec, you're out of your mind. Of course it's not bigger than that. And he learned that with 80% of his own show but listeners. Here, here's- so now he's going to put together this thing of, should we be done with the Baldwins? By the way, he had uh, Mark Wahlberg on who went 0 for 4 and didn't pick. So we won again. So here's my take on the Stugatz thing. He's going to die on the Libertad ship. He's not dying on the Baldwin ship. He's got to right. go. He's right. got to go. He got his movie. He's oh, help. Sorry, Neil. He I didn't realize movie. you He's were going to chime in with your two cents. No, that's classic Neil. It's got to be dead air. When you don't go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to make our Neil. picks. Yeah. All right, so it's uh, uh, Giants plus three and a half. What do you got, Neil? I'm taking the Giants. <laughs> that's a shocker. <laughs> I'm taking it. San Fran. San Fran, Paul? San Fran. I'm taking the Giants also. Thank you. It's the time for it's the upset on the road. This is one of those other games that they can win. Uh, Odell goes off, and uh, Manning has a great. Should Paulie retire? Put it on the pole. <laughs> <laughs>